you know, guys, I really consider. Let me hit that. But I really considered getting rid of the hootie hoo because it's just like I have such a serious, emotional show, and then there's just this dumb hootie hoo. And uh, no, because it's me. I'm very silly deep down, and uh, I like to just be goofy and have a good time. And it's just it's my way of welcoming you in. And you know, I don't know. I'm a mess, but yes, it's okay. I know you guys accept me for who I am, and that's I'll I'll take whatever I can get in life. You have no idea. But uh, yes, let's get into this show. Thank you. Let's go. everybody we are back here again um usually i have a typical way of you know finding guests this one was off of tiktok for uh the first person i ever found off of there um i reached out to people some people will, will probably do it in the in the future but um it was kind of a spur of the moment thing i saw a video that i didn't know until a second ago that kind of went viral but i guess it makes sense because I, I i i was watching her video and it had a crap load of comments and views and um but yeah it was just a, a you know, we can probably explain it a little bit later, but it's just a, a video about her being emotional of having an interaction with someone that, you know, in the gym um, and kind of put all her hard work on display and someone actually noticed her for what she was doing. And instead of, you know, how she usually feels, or people are either picking on her or looking at her or whatever, but she, she tries so hard and um, someone actually noticed her. And, and like I said, I, I know how hard that is for for someone like her in her position, because I've, I've been there many times, and um, I'll, I'll explain the story later, but I just was really touched by her story, because I, you know, then looked into it a little more, she has some health conditions and things, and um, I just wanted to have her on, because I know how, uh, like I said, the world could be very cruel at times, so uh, would you like to like tell us your name a little better, and talk a little bit about yourself? Um, well, my name is Stephanie. And I know everybody on Instagram calls me Indy, but I'm actually just obsessed with Indiana Jones. Okay. So it's kind of a joke, but my name is actually Stephanie, and I'm 33, and I'm an artist, and I went to, like, graphic design school, and I have, like, a passion for um, art and also, like, trying to be my best, and um, not really sports per se, but I've been pretty active for a while. And so I would say that I have a passion for like health and, um, helping people. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I'm also kind of a nerd, kind of nerdy. That's so. okay. Nothing wrong with that at all. No, I, I yeah, I, I, like I said, that was kind of the part that I enjoyed so much about your story is just how you really do enjoy helping people. Cause not many people want to get up on social media and cry. I know there are people that do it for attention and whatever, but I know clearly that was not why you were doing it. Like you, it was a spur of the moment thing. Like I don't think you could recreate it again. Like it was just how you were feeling in the moment. It was something that really impacted you positively, but just hit you emotionally to where you, you just felt like crying because it was overjoyous of emotion. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't intend to cry. And I feel like looking back on the video, I didn't realize I was crying. Like in the moment, I just like teared up a little bit. But I'm like, oh, crap, I actually did kind of cry. But it wasn't like out of sadness. I think like people thought I was crying because of what previously happened. Right, right, of right. the guy saying something to me. But I was actually so overwhelmed with gratitude from what Stanley had said to me that it was like already happening and then when I finally got to the moment of where he said he was proud of me it just came out so yeah, yeah. <laughs> no like I said I was happy for you that was the first time I've ever seen you um I literally just was on TikTok for a second I might have posted a video and I was just kind of flipping around and then I stumbled upon your video and, you know, of course, we, we live in this goldfish mindset mentality where we just flip through everything. And I'm trying to get better with that. And I saw it. And I'm like, OK, she's this pretty girl. Like she seems, you know, I don't know, something about your energy. I was like, OK, let me see what this is about. And then I watched the whole thing through and I'm like, oh, OK. Like, And then I didn't even till 
till I actually saw you on your live and reached out to you, I then I was like, oh my god, this girl's got hundreds of thousands of followers, and <laughs> I didn't even really notice any of that. But I'm like, wow, like okay, because I've seen a lot of videos similar to that in, in, in other ways, and it's got like three comments and eight likes, and I'm like, okay, and I was so happy that you're actually getting some recognition for that because it was like, you know, you know how hard it is to be like that brave and get on there and and show that kind of emotion. Yeah, I honestly don't really know how it got that many views. I posted it, and I got, I was expecting, you know, maybe 300 views. And I had, at the time, like 3,000 followers. I was never really, like, super, like, trying to get a lot of followers um, or anything like that. I just thought that maybe somebody that would watch it, you know, because there's, like, an algorithm in it it puts towards people that are on similar journeys as you basically. So um, I was hoping that it would reach somebody and encourage somebody that was going through a hard time like me and felt super judged and um, like unseen kind of. And I think that in doing so when I went to bed, it only had like a hundred when it first went up or something, like a couple hundred, I was like, oh, that's normal. And then throughout the day, it started getting more and more. And I was like, oh, it's no big deal. It'll probably get like maybe 5,000, if any more than that. Like I would be shocked. And I went to bed and woke up the next morning and it had like a million. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> maybe I should delete this. Like, I don't know. And I just kept it up and it just, I don't know, it ignited a fire in, like, the world. Like, people from, like, New Zealand and Australia, like, Japan, Africa were reaching out to me. And it was just like, man, this is, like, a universal thing. Like, people feel this everywhere. And it's something, like, even if they couldn't relate to me on the, like you were saying earlier, um, we we're kind of relating, but on different fields, like I'm overweight and I am experiencing the same kind of emotions that you are. And we're going through different things, but we feel like we're unseen and we feel like people have been taunting us uh, for a while. And I think that's a universal thing that people can relate to and, and other things that I said in my video too, but I think maybe that's why. And also, like, just the gratitude that overflowed from me saying thank you, not just to Stanley, but, like, to people that do that sort of thing. I think it encouraged those types of people that reach out and and try to be kind. And it gives them, like, I make a difference, you know, which is powerful. Yeah. Two stories. I remember one time I was in a restaurant. I think it was an Olive Garden many years ago. And... I don't know, I was wearing a hat for whatever reason. I, I used to wear hats, especially because it covered my eyes a little bit, protected me from light. And But then it just kind of became like a fashion thing. But um, And this older woman came up to me, and she just like randomly whispered in my ear. She was like, you don't need to wear hats. You're a very handsome young man. I'm like, and I, I guess it's sort of a backhand compliment, but like for the way she said it, I could tell she meant no harm. And it was just, it was so sweet. And I didn't, I didn't, I don't know this woman at all. But I know at that point in time, I was feeling very low about myself. And, um, right. and then there's another story where I was in the, um, it was in the, I was in a mall and there was this girl in a wheelchair. She was by a FYE and, um, I just went up to her and I just let her know that she looked very pretty and you can tell, like, it just kind of lit her up because was, you can tell she would, cause her, what had happened was from what I re- recall, this is all so many years ago that she, she was with her family or she was with some people and they went into the FYE and they just left her out there, like in front of the entrance, like like literally right in the little entrance area where like the cardboard cutouts of the you know whatever movie is out, and she's just sitting there looking just dumb. It's like why would they do this to her? Take her in there with you, Jesus. And I could tell she was, and I don't know, I don't know why, because I wasn't even that brave or um, you know audacious. Like I just kind of just was, I just felt the the energy to do it. And I just went up and just said to her and you can tell she kind of lit up and she felt better. Cause I think she started to cry before I went up to her. And, 
and stuff like that, like it really matters because yeah, there's just so many of us that like, we just want to hear it. It's like, I don't need the hottest girl in the gym to come up to me and go, Oh my God, you're just fine. It's like, no, I just need to know like what I'm doing is worth it. Cause it's so easy. Cause I, that's another thing that I, I really related to you with what you were saying in your videos. Like you were kind of struggling with the idea of working out and like you were kind of going off your path. Like you were struggling at that time to co continuously be disciplined and I have that trouble all the time. I have a whiteboard now where I write all my ideas down for the day that I want to get done. And when I put a check mark next to it, I feel so good um, because I know how hard it is to just want. I, 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 there's things that I want, but it's so hard to continuously fight for them. Right. Because they're not easy. Like it, it, it's easy to say like, yeah, like I want I have like eight goals I want to get done in the next eight years. And it's like, okay, do some of them are very easily, easier attainable, like maybe a new job, whatever. But like when it comes to working out, um, like to get into shape, you can, you could work out for months and barely see any sort of results. And that is so frustrating because you want to just look ripped or you want to lose weight. And that's just not how it's going to go. You just have to take the small results and you have to just understand that this is a long ass process, but for people, especially people with disabilities and people who have had rough lives, a lot of times we spend so many times like recovering from surgeries or, or whatever, and we don't want to sit around anymore. We don't want it to take a long time. We don't. We want it to just move because we've we've stayed still and stayed complacent and we've been stuck for so long that it's like, why the hell do we want something to take such a short amount of time or a long period of time? We want it to come, you know, instantaneous. Right. <clears throat> well, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think um, for a long time I had a different mentality, and it was hard to break um, the mental side of it to where I was like, "Oh, I have to be motivated to work out. I have to want to do it," mm -hmm. and I would go through this cycle of I would go on really strong I would be walking and then all of a sudden I just fell off like I stopped doing it and it was frustrating for me because it almost like I had this cycle of a pattern and or I would get sick or like I had tons of medical problems I still do but like I, I had a lot more back then and I almost would use it as like an excuse to kind of had my own like pity party because I was frustrated with the doctors. I was frustrated with people I dated. I was frustrated with people like making judgments for me, um, especially the doctors making judgments for me, even though they could see my blood work, even though that they admitted like in the doctor's office, yeah, this is going to make you gain weight. Yeah, this is going to happen. And then every time I came back in there, they were like, oh, well, you're too overweight. You need to lose weight. And I'm like, great. Well, tell me what to do because you told me to eat healthy. I'm eating healthy. Um, you told me to work out. I'm working out. Like, it's not working. And um, I think when I changed it, it was like, this isn't working, like my mentality, mm -hmm. but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to show them you know, kind of like watch me. And I also had went through like a breakup with a guy. He was like a narcissist. And um, I thought that going back to the gym, like before we broke up, there was like a month or two that we were um, taking space or whatever. Sure. And I was inconsistent before that. I like, probably like a year and a half ago, I guess. And um, when I started going back to the gym, I would spend hours in there crying my eyes out, awkward as heck. But it was almost like this therapy for me. It was my coping skill to um, heal my mind, my body and my mind. And then I started to like enjoy it. Like if I got a dirty look from somebody or like, something like that, I would go over and lift what they lift or more. And it would just make me feel like confident, like, all right, you don't like me. 
but I can lift more than you or I can like I am in here every day I don't see you every day kind of thing and like um it just kind of gave me like this competitiveness like I was a part of something and that made me come back like there was so many more benefits to coming back day after day after day in the gym than there were to just sit on my butt and like feel sorry and and mope and be in pain and and be like you know not good enough I felt like super miserable um health-wise I would wake up and I wouldn't be able to open my hands some mornings because I was so like inflamed and I had like rashes all over and I just was I was so miserable and when I I made that change and now like I didn't realize it until months later that it's not a motivation of like I don't want to go today it's not an option for me like if I don't go to the gym I feel like I'm missing something because it's like I didn't brush my teeth like you just feel it like it's it's a part of me now like I take a day off I take like Wednesday off that's my rest day um but other than that, I try to move my body any way I can and push myself because I know that the benefit outweighs the, the con of having to inconvenience myself to go to the gym. And I think that's where it changed for me from being inconsistent to the consistency. Because people ask me a lot, like, how, how do I stay motivated? And I'm like, I'm not motivated. <laughs> I would come home from work and I worked crappy jobs and I hated my life and I would be so depressed. I had tons of anxiety. I have PTSD and um, my mentality was like, oh, I worked hard today. I deserve to rest or, oh, I worked hard today. I just don't want to go to the gym. And I think a lot of people think that that's, like you have to have that motivation to go and you don't yeah and it's like it changed my life when i i made that decision like i don't want to but i'm gonna go so yeah awesome not yeah. to ramble. No, it's your story. I'm, I'm very grateful to listen because I don't know a lot about you. I mean, this is. I mean, I, I watch some of your videos and I will watch more, but it is me getting to know you more. So, and and that's the thing. Like, I I went on a whim and kind of picked up on your energy and just said, you know what? I think this person's worth talking to, and I think she has something to say because you obviously did in that video. But I knew there was more there, um, and I just kind of yeah, it's one of those things I can tell you were kind of like a survivor and a fighter and. You know, uh, that's what I admire most about people. And I try to expand on that and try to, you know, really show how much some people really go through and how much we endure, but then how we end up thriving in the end uh, some way, somehow. Um, Because before we continue to keep clients over, can you kind of talk about, like, what are your actual health conditions? Yeah, um, I have um, a long history of health problems, but... When I was diagnosed in 2015 with uh, PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, that kind of was like, you didn't know a lot about those things um, back then. And there wasn't a lot of information like there is now. Their go-to was to put me on metformin. And I hated it because they gave me weird, crazy mood swings. Um, And it also made me gain weight. So... I didn't take it because I was like, well, one of the side effects of being uh, having PCOS is not having your menstrual cycle. So I was like, it was a win-win for me, yeah. you know, back then. And I went for a long time without anything. But now I take um, berberine, which is like a natural supplement where it doesn't really have any side effects to it. Okay. Um, but it kind of does the same thing as metformin. Um, and I've been learning about balancing your hormones and stuff like that. And that information wasn't available to me back then, but it is now. So we're getting better. Um, the other thing that happened is probably like two years later, I had a, um, tumor grow in my 
slit, like my armpit, basically. Um, it grew too fast and it was super inflamed and it hurt. And I um, had it removed because I couldn't drive. Like I, I had to drive with my, um, I mean, I couldn't drive in the, in the sense, sense that I had my arm out to the side and I had to use the other hand to drive the wheel. But right. um, they removed that. And then in 2018, I had a blood clot in my leg, but I didn't know it. I just felt like something was wrong and I couldn't get anybody to bleed me. I went to a few different hospitals. I went to, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to legally say this, but this is my story. So, oh, well, uh, they'll get over it. They're the ones that are in the wrong. So um, I went to Mayo Clinic essentially and I was like my leg hurts can you check for a blood clot and I sent this RN over to my stretcher they put me in this stretcher in the middle of the hallway and she's like we're not going to do an ultrasound you don't have a blood clot you have shin splints and I just looked at her and I was like are you serious she's like yeah we're going to wrap you up and send you home you're needing to rest and elevate and I got so mad. I was like, F this. Sorry. You can curse. But, you're fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, F this. I'm going somewhere else. Well, I went to St. Vincent's and the um, doctor there, he's like, yeah, we need you to do an ultrasound right away. Well, I'm not sure how they missed it. I have a suspicion that it's probably because she got distracted. She was venting to me about how frustrated she was that the doctor yelled at her. And she's like, we're really busy right now. And so I was joking around with her because I'm super nervous. Like, holy crap, this is real. Like, I thought, you know, and they are a big deal. So I was nervous. And the way I exude my anxiety is to joke around, like make jokes, make people laugh, be funny. And so we were laughing in there. She was venting, not really paying attention, and she missed the clot. And they said I had leg strain in my left leg. Um, and I have pictures, and you can clearly see one leg is, like, super swollen. The other one isn't that swollen. Like, it's not that big um, as the other one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I got sent home, got told to rest and elevate. They gave me crutches. And a few weeks go by, and now, by that time, the um, the clot had broken off and moved to my lung twice. So I had a DVT, and then that spanned from my mid-calf to my mid-thigh. And I also had two clots in my lungs, and I was walking around. And every time I went to the hospital, um, they sent me on my way. One time it was, oh, you're just having a panic attack. And the next time it was a seven-hour wait, and they never admitted me back. I just sat out there um, because they didn't think it was anything. They just thought it was normal chest pains and stuff, trying to get free medicine, I guess. Yeah. And I actually had two clots in my lungs. So I got frustrated and went to Minute Clinic, which is CVS. And the doctor there um, said I had pneumonia because I had an abnormality in my breathing in my lungs. And so she's like, okay, we're going to prescribe this for you. Um, Even though I told her all my other symptoms, she still gave me a prescription for pneumonia. And then I was taking it for a few days and I wasn't getting better. So that was like another red flag for me. Like I felt like when everybody asked me, how did I know? You lived in your body your whole life. These doctors, these nurses, these medical staff, they might treat you like you're insane. They might treat you like you're just there for attention or anxiety, like, or that it's all in your head. Um, but you know your body better than them. And I think, like, the level that they made me question myself should be alarming to people because of the fact that I was right. And they were wrong. And still to this day, like when I tried to talk to them about it, especially St. Vincent's and especially since Mayo, they wanted to say, um, 
that they were in like kind of justified and I'm like there is no there's no remorse from these people and that's what frustrated me was like being ignored being neglected being gaslit constantly by doctors that you put your trust and, and faith into when you're asking for help and they treat you like trash yeah. and I was so frustrated um, but the, the real kicker was um, on February so like six weeks later six weeks of this I had uh, and who knows how long I had the clot in my leg but it was six weeks before the first time I went to the hospital and then finally, when I got hurt and they realized they made a mistake, um, I w- went to work. I thought it was just like a cramp in my leg, like a Charlie horse. And granted, I've never had shin splints in my life and I've never had a Charlie horse. So that was another thing for me is like, what is happening right now? Something is really, really wrong. Sure. And so I went to work and I did everything that you could do for a Charlie horse. Cause I Googled it and it was like, do this, this, and this. And I was like, okay. So by lunchtime, it wasn't feeling better. And I looked it up again and it literally said, I kid you not, cause Google saved my life. Um, that if you're doing this for a Charlie horse and it's not working, go to the emergency room. Cause you have a clot in your leg. And I freaked out. Like I, it was like all the months that I had spent trying to convince these people came into fruition at one time and I stood up and I tried to pull my pants up and I started crying because I couldn't get my jeans over my leg. And, um, so I like literally had to drag my leg to the, I worked for, um, a roofing company at the time and they would, kind of tease me and be like oh you're out of shape you're that out of shape because I have like severe labored breathing and um actually had two clots in my lungs but whatever um but the when I went to him I was like I need to go to the emergency room now I was like something's wrong I can't like my leg is something's wrong and he was like all right you want to you want me to call an EMS and I was like no I'm going to drive myself because I thought I could get there faster. I was full in panic mode. I was fight or flight. Right. I was getting there faster than them. I went all the way to the emergency room, got into the front desk, and the lady was like, what's wrong with you? Because she could tell something was like I was distressed and dragging my leg. And I was like, I can barely breathe right now. And my leg hurts and I can't pull my pant leg up. And she was like, okay. So she came around the corner and saw me and she's like, we'll get you back right now. And when I was in the back room, I was asking the nurse because they did an ultrasound of me. And uh, it's amazing that they wait until the last minute to save your life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I had an ultrasound done and she came in and I was like, what's going on? She's like, well, I'm not really supposed to talk to you about this, but because we have to wait for the doctor. But basically we think that, I mean, we missed it. Like we made a mistake. And I was like, oh, she was like, we're going to send you back to get your CT done um, to see if you have clots in your lungs, basically. And I did. I had two, one in each lung. Um, so that kind of like basically kickstarted my health chaos. Sure. Uh, while in the ACU, they kept telling me I was going to die, like I could die probably eight times at least in front of my family, which would send my mom into like a panic shock and crying. And mm-hmm. The amount of emotional distress that they put us through was insane. So just like scare you kind of I think that's why they do it and then um, also they also reprimanded me because I again I joke around but what they could have seen if they looked at my medical chart is how many times I'd been to the emergency room trying begging them to help me 
and then they came into the ICU and they're like, you need to take this seriously. Like it was my fault. Hmm. And it, it really sat this fire inside of me, like anger. And I felt so like betrayed because I had gone to them and they weren't listening and they made me feel like I was crazy and that it was all in my head and I didn't know what I was talking about because I don't have some fancy degree. Sure. Um, it was their ego. They just couldn't let it go, their pride or whatever. Um, and then I had tons of tons of issues with my stomach. Um, to this day, my stomach is still a little bit swollen every now and then. So I try to like do what I can, what I know from like doing my research of what's good. Their go-to is just give me a prescription. Um, anytime I had a, any sort of rash, my joints, I talked about this earlier, but I could barely open my hand. It took me like two and a half hours every morning to open my hand. Um, because it was like just swollen shut and I had like this huge rash around my knuckles and fingers on my hand and then I, I developed one on my face. It's still there, it's still tender. They don't know what it is. Um, but I had problems with my DI doctor. Their medical staff was horrendous. Um, it it felt like it felt like kind of being in an abusive relationship almost you go to these doctor's offices you try and it starts out fine and then they treat you like you're crazy they start to be abusive and neglecting you kind of and then you try so hard to fight for yourself and then they're like why are you reacting this way yeah. as if you're doing something wrong trying to fight for your life and um they tried to put me on this acid reflux stuff and I was like, it's not working. Something is wrong. Like I was miserable and they finally like listened to me and were like, okay, well, we'll do an endoscopy. It was like months of this and back and forth with them trying to get them to help me. And they found like polyps that were starting to become like other things in my in my stomach and they removed I think all of them if not most of them and um, then I had um, chronic pain and so their go-to was that they sent me to because I had a, a blood test done and my ANA was high which is mean your inflammation um, so that's I guess that's how they know you're in pain and so they sent me to a chronic pain doctor and that guy, that guy said um, that he was going to give me this medicine called nortriptyline. And if you read the side effects, and I feel like, in my opinion, he should have told me this before he gave it to me because I asked him, I was like, is there any causes that this could interact bad with my eloquence, which is the blood center I'm on, or anything I should be worried about essentially and he was like no there's nothing like too too bad and I was like okay so I started taking it and about three months into it I started feeling really really sick like almost ill kind of feeling my skin tone changed I started turning uh yellow I had like a yellow tint to my skin tone around my eyes and some of my like facial features and my neck and chest area mm -hmm. um and i started like throwing up like i could not get out of bed without like throwing up and i went 12 days with doing that and i was in so much pain i thought i was gonna die and um I actually tore my esophagus. So then I went to the emergency room because I was like, well, now I'm bleeding and I'm on blood thinners. So now it's an emergency. So, because believe it or not, I'm actually pretty tough, I guess you could say. But yeah, I'd say so. So <laughs> I went to 
um, St. Vincent, and they said my trophin levels were higher or elevated, and they thought I was having a heart attack or could possibly be on my way to one, so they sent me home, and I wasn't getting better, and so I they put me on this um, Zofran, or not Zofran, but they put me on some kind of nausea stuff, and I was, like, taking it, but it wasn't working. I was literally trying to work, and, like, I had to run to my car to throw up outside and then come back in and work because I needed the money so bad, like, to pay my bills because I was so sick all the time. I couldn't work all the time. So I needed that money to pay my bills so I wouldn't be homeless, basically. And um, I was running back and forth in between the job to basically throw up until I couldn't get out of bed without it. So this went on for like about 12 days and I was like, fine, I'm going to the other hospital. And I went back. Well, when I went to practice, they did other tests and they were like, your liver enzymes are really elevated. And, um, but nobody, like, told me, you know, it's because of this drug. I found that out later because I hadn't been taking it. And then I started feeling better. So then I started taking it again. And not even, like, 24 hours later, I started throwing up again. And I was like, no, shoot. <laughs> like, this is giving me. And then when I looked it up, it said um, rare side effects acute liver failure and I was like oh so I called the doctor and he was like well that's a rare side effect you must be really sensitive to medicine I was like you don't say and he was like oops and I just another example of why I feel kind of like neglected and just unseen because they really don't care and I was just an oops, not even, uh, I'm so sorry. I will make sure to, you know, tell my patients of that from now on. It was like, oops, no big deal. Yeah, it's like they're so desensitized everything because they see so many people that are screwed up. But it's like, ah, you're just another person on the list. Okay, see you later. Exactly. Yeah, and I never saw him again because he tried to convince me to take something else. And I was like, absolutely not. I will never take anything that is like that ever again and no i take ibuprofen now that's it and that's what i'm allowed to take because my liver is the one that's messed up not my kidneys kidneys are the ones that you have to worry about for ibuprofen and liver is for acetaminophen and i can't take acetaminophen so when people i get told this all the time that oh you should be careful about taking ibuprofen i was like that would be true if you knew like my situation but you don't and people give you unsolicited advice all the time and i'm just i just kind of like okay one year in one year and out the other because people make all these sorts of judgments on stuff that they don't have a clue on your full medical history and i'm like I feel like almost as if I've had a full medical degree because of all the crap that they put me through and then me having to save myself because I have to do the research to save my life. Yeah. Let me, I want to, I want to add something because you said a lot. So I just want to add a couple of things. Um, One, I completely understand that because I hate when they ask me like, what's your pain tolerance from one to 10? And I have to tell them like, to treat it, it has to be at least an eight, right? Because <clears throat> I, all my skin burning off was a 10. So whatever I'm going through probably isn't anywhere near. It's probably a three. But it's like, yeah, like, I, I, especially when I see eye doctors, um, they'll be like, well, you know, this and that, do this. and do that. I'm like, look, we don't have to go through all the bullshit. I, I, my, I've been dealing with this for 30 years. My, my medical degree is longer than yours. I'm not trying to be, you know, sarcastic. I'm not trying to be an ass. But the reality is I've been through hell and I know my eyes at this point. Um, but it, more going back to, you know, with everything you just went through with 
um, your whole medical history. And, you know, when, when I went through what I went through, they tried to treat it as chicken pox. Now, my skin is just falling off, and they're just like, ah, it's chicken pox. So they treated it as that. Um, they sent me home many times, me just just melting. And they're like, well, it's this and that. And they treated it as eight different things. And at some point, they had to life flight me to Philadelphia, where I, I lived three and a half hours away. And, yeah, I was in and out of dying. I just, they kept telling my mom to, you know, basically prepare the casket because he's done. Um, and finally, I got somebody who took the time to care. But um, I, I went through so much hell with doctors, and this is the short version, but, you know, how many times Isn't they just... just missed- so sad? Yeah. It's just so sad that they treat us like just another body. Like, oh, well, <clears throat> let's learn from our mistakes and carry on. Yeah. And it's like, you're dealing, why did you get a degree in dealing with human life and caring for people if you don't genuinely care? Right. And and, and kind of wrapping my thing up is like, they misdiagnosed me so many times that we end up having, we obviously tried to sue the hospital. And the reality is like, I don't know what my mom was trying to get from them. More of it just, she really wanted a sorry more than anything. Because um, I was four. So, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, going into being five. So there's not much for me to say. But um, but she fought tooth and nail for me. And, you know, let's say she wanted $10,000. I don't know what she really wanted. If she would let, the $10,000 that they would have given us would have been adequate, would have been fine. But what they spent on um, lawyers just to keep their reputation, you know, was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars at least, just to keep a reputation and just to say that they were right. So we lost the case, of course, because they basically got this super, you know, Avengers team of lawyers to win a case that they were completely in the wrong for. And, of course, that took my mom down a huge depression spiral because she knew she was there for every second of me, you know, suffering. Um, And it sucks because there are a lot of good doctors and a lot of good nurses, but... And my mom is one of them. She's a nurse. She became a nurse after this because she saw how much people, how, how they were towards me. And she wanted to be one of the good ones. Um, but and, and, and ER nurse at that. But it's like, yeah, how much we just get thrown to the side and just like a piece of meat. And the reality is like if we were one of their children coming in like that, then the panic sensors would have kicked in. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to take care of him. Please do whatever you can. But because they see so many people like us and it's just like it's so easy to just say, oh, yeah, you got the flu. Oh, yeah. You know, you have chicken pox. You have this. And it's like, no, man, like take a deeper look because you miss one thing. You could send me down a whole spiral of of all types of health conditions. And it did for both of us. Yeah, I think like the other thing is like when they do that stuff, it's almost like they don't see us as human and they don't they don't care and it's kind of disheartening because then now I have all sorts of trust issues like I was telling Robin Stanley last night it's like I will do what you guys are suggesting that I do but it's gonna take a leap of faith for me because they literally put me through hell for seven years if not more if you count the PCOS thing that they messed up but like it's disheartening and and the stuff that they said to me and I like I have more that I could go on about like the tonsillitis and the doctor saying I can't solve all your problems mm-hmm. but she could have just given me a different antibiotic um, and then that would have saved my life but I took another hospital to try and like um, save me but they had to use steroids and antibiotics that actually worked for five days in the hospital. But it's like, they, they don't want to take any responsibility. And then the flip side of that, when you were talking about suing them, I didn't even want to be sued. I just didn't want them to blame me and then also treat me like a human being and figure out what's wrong with me and not like a guinea pig. Yeah. And there's no default for them. They're they're so heavily protected by lawyers and all these constitutional laws and yeah. stuff. They almost feel like they're God. They're they're untouchable. That they can just say and do whatever they want, and there's no repercussions. The only repercussions that they ever get is if somebody is like rich and can go after them when they're in the wrong, and they'll pay for it. But just a normal everyday person like me or you and your mom, we don't matter to them. And that's the way that 
it made me feel for all those years was I don't matter. I'm not seen and nobody cares about me. Like, and you fight so hard to like not prove yourself, but also like just try to survive. Mm -hmm. And I got in that state of survival. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure you went like, through all that, and there was a part of you that was just like, "Am I in the wrong?" Like, because you, you don't when you don't have answers, you start to just internalize it and go, "Like, what, what am I doing?" Like, and then of course you're going down the path of, "Do I yep. deserve this?" You know, because of course yep. you know you said you dated a, nor- a narcissistic person, so I'm sure he put a lot of things in your head. Maybe not necessarily your health stuff, but other things. And it's like you, you just go through life, and you just everything starts to you know you go through like a montage of of just shit. And every it's like a movie, you know. You just see all these negative things thrown at you, and again, that's that's how you turn it into a positive when you start working out. You use that to fuel you. But at that time, when you're so like at your most vulnerable state, especially when your health is down, your mental health is up, and you're just feeling physically weak, and now emotionally, you're just susceptible to to whatever demons are ready to come in and just beat the piss out of you because you don't have much fight left in you because you're using it all to to stay to try to stand up and and to try to mentally prepare yourself for all the things that are coming and to drag yourself to the ER like you're you're just hanging on by a thread in some ways and it it's just yeah it's it's a nightmare it gets life again it's like I said that's why I love doing this because it's it's so awesome to talk to people who've just been through hell but somehow they keep going because there are a lot of people that do give up unfortunately and not even give up but like they don't have a choice like not even it was like the same week that I had the clock in my lungs that the voice lady, she was on the voice yeah. and she died from a clot. Yeah. And it's like, and the reality stood in for me and it's like, how did I survive? Like all of that, I have no idea other than I just feel like God just touched me for some reason, like in, I don't know how I survived all that. Well, now, but, yeah, you have a reason. You have a purpose now to continue to go on and speak about stuff like this because it's, it's... Speak new. about that. You're not I'm, the only one. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to talk about other things too with um, other... Like, cause people have reached out to me about their PTSD and anxiety, and I have that. Yeah. And so I feel like I could really help people if I just open up a little bit and, and share, um, I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable, but I feel like there's a lot of us out there that have similarity, similar story, um, and could really relate to and heal from what they could use from my experience, you know? Sure, for sure. But, That's why I do it. I, I mean, like I said, I, I'm new to TikTok and for the most part, and then, you know, I, pretty much put myself out there because I, I, you know, I was, I was already doing it with the podcast and Instagram and Facebook, but I, 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 you know, I get a lot of people reaching out to me just behind the scenes, just like, Hey, you know, thank you. Cause my mental health is killing me, you know, whatever my chronic pain, whatever it is that they're bothersome by it. It's like, I, I don't, I'm trying to be as transparent, as honest as I can, because I, I know, you know, it's not, you know, as you said, it's not to make people feel uncomfortable, but sometimes the uncomfortable is what needs to be talked about because too many people are afraid to talk about it. And we just we just let it go by with no one saying anything. And there's a lot of people in the dark right now struggling and don't have a voice and don't feel like they can get on social media. Or they don't feel like they can start a podcast or a YouTube channel or anything. And like you now, because of that video, you now actually have a platform where you can talk to these people. And there's a few out there that will I'm sure you'll really impact beyond just being unseen or, or people dealing with weight issues, you know, you'll to people, you'll deal with people that are in the, you know, men, you know, in the mental health field, you'll deal with people with disabilities and you can just touch them through your voice because you, you know, you have a real story, you have real pain and that stuff out there impacts that. That's the, the positivity that we need on, on social media because there's too much shit that's just convolutes the whole process. I mean, you can, I, I'm, I'm all for whatever you want to get online. You want to twerk, you want to do whatever. Cool. I don't care. The problem is it's the algorithm gets so jacked up that there's so much of just cat videos, which I, I have a cat love animals, but like it, it, it's cool. It's great. It helps, but there's not enough, uh, more powerful, positive videos like yours that are out there that are seen, unfortunately. And now that you actually have 
you know, an audience, you know, you should definitely use it. Well, I'm going to try. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere past where it's gone, but I would also love it if I could have some real conversations with doctors and be like, hey, we got to change you guys. Like the way that these people have treated people like me, like every time I open up to somebody about it, they're like, I got treated similarly. And that's a problem. Like imagine how many people we could save if we just sat down and listened instead of treating people less than or like they were insignificant in um, just another guinea pig, like a test lab or something. Like you're dealing with real human life. You should be treating people as if it is serious, as if it could be something. Test for it anyway. Like the fact that they refused to do an ultrasound just to make sure Mm-hmm. that I didn't have a clot in my leg is mind-blowing to me because when I look back at the photo, I can clearly see that leg is bigger than the other one. In what world does shin splint make your leg that much swollen? Only on one side. Yeah. I don't know where she got it from, but I'm just like, it's ridiculous. And then it really set me off when they try to like, discount me literally got laughed out of there because i left they're like good luck kind of the kind of attitude they had and then they sent me a bill and i was like are you serious right now you literally didn't do anything to me you just sat me on a stretcher and told me how insane i was that you weren't going to help me you weren't going to treat me i don't owe you anything because you didn't provide a service for me you didn't try to help me now, if you did the ultrasound, I would have been like, okay, I owe you this money. But you didn't try anything. So I don't I don't owe you anything. Like, the fact that they tried to do that was just so insulting. And it really just added to the hurt. But yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm happy for where you are today. Because, you know, like I said, you do have a voice now. So and people will listen. Um, regardless of how many, I don't know, but just keep going. Um, so what, what what are you, what are you up to these days? Um, well, as far as like health wise or yeah, your health wise, like what, what you, what do you, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say like, what are your five year goals, but like, what is it that you're, you know, into now? Like what's, what's your life looking like these days? Well, ever since I started going to the gym and growing my own food and consciousness, making the effort to be better my mental health has changed um i'm not as depressed i'm anxious all the time um my quality of life like i enjoy life more now it also helps that i love my job now but um i feel like i my quality of life i'm not as miserable you know like some days i wake up and i'm in pain but it's because um, of things that I don't have control of or whatever. Sure. But it's manageable. Because before, I literally couldn't get out of bed. So I really, I really look forward to enjoying my life. I look forward to like the little things that make me happy and just being alive, being grateful that I'm still here and able to go to the gym. Like, um, I. My health, as far as that goes, I'm still on the blood thinners. I'm still taking um, a probiotic from my gut to keep it, like, in good health. And now I'm taking choline and a few other substances to help um, clean my liver and help it get it healthy again, which I'm talking to Rob and them about that. Um, They're going to help me heal my body, basically and get rid of um, the pain and inflammation that I'm in. It's pretty wild, but I actually believe them that they can help heal me um, and actually get my weight down to make me look normal, I guess, again. Um, But I'm excited about the things that are coming, um, mental health-wise and also physical health. And 
I'm just literally looking forward to encouraging people and getting them out of that mental status that I was into of this hump of like, I can't do it. Uh, I try and then I give up kind of thing or uh, I can't do it because I'm in too much pain. And like, there's a lot of people that reach out to me about like, I wish I could do that, but I have this, this and this. And I'm like, just start one, one thing at a time, start small. I mean, that's what I did. And I think when people see you now, like they see me now, there's two, there's two sets of people. There's one person that looks at you and says, I wish I could do that, but I can't. Or um, the person that looks at you and like, gosh, you should be further along now. You've been in the gym for two years. What are you doing with your life? Kind of like shaming you kind of way. I feel like the person that I'm reaching out to is the person that thinks that they can't. Because I didn't think I could. I couldn't bend my leg. I had to literally, because they were like, why don't you try walking um, to, like, the best of your effort. And that's what I started doing was walking until I could move my leg again. Um, So that's mostly what I'm looking forward to and where I'm at mentally. I feel really strong right now. Like, I feel super strong and proud that I can lift so much. I like the wow factor when people see that I can lift that much because I don't feel like people like, you know, kind of the judgment thing. They look at you and they're like, oh, she's just lazy. And then when they see me lift that much, they're like, dang, I am, I need to catch up or whatever that's going on their head. I guess that I will never know, but it's the look on their face is like, dang, she can lift a lot or something. That's the kind of look I get after I lift weight. And I like that. I'm like, dang right, I'm strong. Yeah. Dang right, like, I, I'm tough and I'm resilient. And I come in here almost every day and I give my best and I show up for myself. And who's going to stop me, you know? Like, and like there's this thing in the the bible that says if god is for you who can be against you and i feel like that is so so my story like i should have been dead by now i should have given up by now but there's just this drive in me to keep pushing forward and i i think it's god and also like the will that he wants me to like live you know but that's just me i don't know <laughs> no no i under, i understand i'm not a very religious person and uh but i've always felt there is something special about me and just to somebody who has their hand on my shoulder if you will and yeah. when i lost my job recently you know it was a job i was very unhappy with and i really hated it and I kept making every excuse in the world not to leave. Um, and I'm like, well, I will after I get this surgery and this and that. And then I got fired. Um, but but I, I always stood up for myself. I always fought for the people, like the underdog, because they, they hired other people with disabilities. And I always fought for them. And it got me in trouble. And I fought for myself for the first time. Well, I, not for the first time, but I fought for myself. And it got me fired. And for a second, like, I, I shed a little tears. I was really upset because I was there eight and a half years. And I just said, fuck, like. This, this sucks. And then like a day later, and this is where I know I've evolved and I've matured because I started to just say things I wasn't saying. Like I would, I would have never said years ago where I was just like, nah, this is the best thing that could have happened. And, and as the, as the process kept going on and I'm still within this process, but I keep saying like, I know something's coming. And even when I when a job interview that didn't follow through that I kind of wanted, there was a part of me that kept saying, you know what? There's something better out there. Like it's coming, just hang in there. It's coming. And I'm not that kind of person. And the more I keep going through this, I'm like, somebody, whether it's God or whoever, has my back. And I'm I'm moving and I'm gonna get through life because I should have been I should be dead as well. And I'm here and there's a lot of things that should have went another way, but it didn't. Um that doesn't mean I didn't go through hell. That doesn't mean, you know, whatever. But I'm I'm here, I'm still fighting and um Yeah, like yeah. I was, I don't know. Like I said, I hope this, uh, you know, kind of wrapping up here. I hope this was kind of therapeutic for you, this whole process with this podcast. Yeah, I think it was good uh, to talk about it. I hope it helps people um, to hear, you know, kind of my journey.
journey, my struggle. Obviously, that's not everything that makes me who I am. But no, sure. I feel like um, for the most part, people can kind of relate to that. And um, I hope it helps uh, your people that listen to your podcast. Yeah, I hope it helped you. I hope you helped anybody out there. Um, like I said, I think you're, again, this is me first time ever really getting to know you. I saw some videos, but I think you're an awesome person. And, you know, for whatever it's worth, and I'm not just saying this because we're on a podcast, I do think you're very attractive. You'll be, you're going to be just fine. Uh, I think you're, whatever goal you're going to hit, you'll probably, you're going to hit it because you're, you're too stubborn and too determined to do it. You're going to do it. Um, like I said, I think it's it's amazing. And I'm, I'm proud of you that you were able to share this story, not just with me, but you know, I think there's more to come for you because, you know, this is just another step and you seemed, you know, like I said, very determined that you're going to do something with yourself. And, uh, yeah, before you go, can you, um, basically anything you want to promote your social media, whatever. Yeah, I have Instagram, which is call me Andy. Thanks. I might end up changing that because everybody thinks my name is Andy now. <laughs> right. And, um, I have a podcast coming out. It's going to be um, Keep Moving Forward with Steph, S-T-E-P-H. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I'm on TikTok, obviously, and it's Steph. Uh, what is it? Oh, my goodness. I don't even know. Hold on. Sorry. No, no. You're fine. It's Stephanie's underscore adventures. Okay. Um, so basically, I'm trying to change um, what I'm going to be talking about for people. Uh, I feel like we're on this adventure together, you know, this journey, this health journey, workout journey, whatever it is. And, um, it's kind of an adventure and I hope that my story changes a lot of lives, um, in mindset, uh, especially from medical field and also like us, um, chronically ill, chronically in pain, and just your regular, average, everyday person, you know, it would change the mindset of, like, you don't know what somebody else is going through. So, it's just, like, it's kind of incredible, the impact of that. Yeah. But it's exciting, and I thank you for asking me to come on here and, and talk and share a little bit about my story what I went through and where I'm at. Anytime. I saw, I saw something in you and I'm just, I'm happy again. I told you before we started, like it'll somehow figure itself out. Um, she was like, I, I thought, I literally thought we were on a delay and she just was awkward and wasn't talking. Um, but it worked out. I really enjoyed it. Um, if you ever need a guest for your podcast, I'm, I guess I'll whore myself out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, or you need any advice on podcasting? Cause trust me, there's some things that you probably need to learn. Cause yeah. It, podcasting is it's it's easier it looks easier than it is not 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 even just the audio stuff it's just you got to stay consistent there's just a lot of things into it but um but yeah i'm very grateful i hope we can keep in touch stay friends um yeah i guess that i will continue to follow you and enjoy your content okay yeah um are we still recording oh here i'll uh yeah guys she was a delight um i hope you enjoyed the episode um, yeah, we're here, uh, Bullet was here for a minute, you probably heard him jump down, he was messing with some things, but he will not sabotage this show, he's, I think he's, I think he's gonna start his own podcast, I think that's what it is, he's trying to sabotage this one, he's starting his own, and I don't know who with, I don't like it, I'm not a fan of, Bullet, where are you, hmm? you may not be in another room with a microphone, oh, we're gonna talk. We're going to throw hands. He's going to throw paws. I'm going to throw hands. We're, we're, we're going at it. I don't know about this relationship anymore, guys. Um, no, I love the little fella. He can have his own podcast. That's all right. I'd follow him. But, uh, yes, I'm, I'm losing my mind here. But uh, thank you, everyone, for being on this journey with me, as always. I love you all for real. Anyone who supports and listens and, you know, whatever. Comment, like, subscribe, all that, please. Um, it does help the algorithm. More people can see it. Um, I understand a lot of people like to be um, invisible and they don't want to be really seen. But the more you push this, the more it, the easier it is for it to get, to get out there for people to hear it and listen. And 
Uh, I'm going to get higher for my mental health. I continue to keep tripping over my own self. Uh, my brain fog's beating me up a little bit here towards the end. But, um, yeah, like I said, I thank you guys for being here. And uh, we're going to get out of here. And we'll be back next week. I promise you that. All right, guys. See y'all. A la tour. Thank you.